Welcome to episode one of Crypto Cartel with Benny Bentley and Ricky Retail. What? <laughs> what the? Episode uh, 18. Episode 18. Of consensus, consensus on unreality. Reality. Uh, with your hosts. And, uh, <laughs> and beep. we are monitoring the Dogecoin situation closely at the consensus yeah. headquarters. I stand to make enough for uh, several McDonald's meals. For two Tracy Twyman books. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got uh, Baphomet recently. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to do an episode on that at some point i love that shit that one is really fun so far yeah that's one of my favorites of hers although there's a lot of like maybe it was just in my copy but there's a lot of typos and like like a few things where the paragraphs cut off and then she had to like issue like a whatever you call that page that they'll put out with a book where it's like corrections Mm -hmm. and that was that that was very funny that's Um, fine i don't i don't don't care about that yeah I mean, the book is like, well, you know, it perfectly is seated um, between like academic, scholarly yeah. sort of research, and then like batshit Ouija board right. stuff. Oh yeah, um, if you ever can get your hands on a copy of Clock Shavings, I'm not. Sure, I know some of her stuff went back into print a few, maybe half a year after she died, but. That one might still be out of print, but that book is, that's the, the the memoir. That book's incredible. Yeah, that's like mostly the Ouija board stuff, right? Yeah, and contacting demons and like her relationship with that uh, that dude, uh, the fucking noise dude. Boyd Rice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the iconoclast. Phew. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving that one though, because for a lot of that stuff, um, like for example, I'm also little by little listening to an audiobook copy of how God became God, which I talked oh, yeah. about, um, a little bit, I think in one of the plus episodes recently, Patreon. Um, if you, yeah. if you didn't check out our Patreon, do check that out. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more episodes there, um, talking about some wacky shit. And, uh, we just did a fun one recently about some, uh, paranormal, drama yeah that was that was fun yeah um but yeah yeah, i I mean the the issue not issue it's just like a lot of the scholarly stuff is a bit dry you know um that's true but it is i mean it's pretty good i mean i think it's like higher level stuff than like what's that famous the famous book that she covered some of the same terrain uh holy blood holy grail yeah. Well, Holy Blood, uh, Holy Grail is not... That That right. book is like... I mean, it's like pop, like, titillating archaeology. Um, it's also and, like... Yeah. Uh, what's a word for, like, 
it's not like mockumentary, but it's like a sort of like meta meta fiction. Like right. it's, it's like half, half real. Um, and I think people recognize that pretty, yeah. pretty, uh, early on with Holy blood, Holy grail. But I think with how God became God, that's like a legitimate scholarly book, um, mm. which is really good. It just doesn't, when, when a book has those like personal revelations and weird yeah. synchronistic elements, um, I think it makes it all, all that more interesting. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. That's actually, I mean, a good way to get into talking about uh, kind of the main text we read for this episode, uh, American Cosmic by... D.W. Pasolka. Um, and that came out like a few years ago and she did uh, like the podcast rounds and mm-hmm. I think we both listened to some of those. And it's like a, it's a really interesting book and kind of just weird that it exists. It was put out by, by Oxford uh, University Press. And at first I was like, wow, like this, I mean, what does that mean? And then I read it and I still have no idea why they put it out. I mean, not, not that it isn't a good book, but. Well, yeah, uh, Diana Pasolka is um, a chairperson of the philosophy and religion department. Um, mm-hmm. At what what university is she at? UNC? Yeah, I think so. It's somewhere in North Carolina. Um, uh, university of North Carolina Wilmington, but I guess that's UNC related. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, she's she's been like a long time um, scholarly researcher of religion. Um, she was like a consultant on the conjuring and the conjuring too. Right. But like totally legitimate, like academic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. But just like having read the book, it's very, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. It's a lot about just meeting people and talking to them about their experiences. I mean, maybe I'm just sort of naive about what academic publishers are putting out these days but it's sort of no no i don't think so i I mean she also talks about how um if she wasn't tenured she wouldn't have made this book um because it would have been far too risky yeah and um, (laughs) it she also talks about like after the book was published subsequently like her computer was hacked Hmm. did you hear that i think i remember that i mean i was yeah yeah, I mean, let's get into it, I guess. It's a really weird book, and I think it, I mean, we were kind of coming at this episode trying to talk a little bit about, like, uh, Silicon Valley slash the ultra-rich slash, like, like uh, aerospace people's sort of obsession with the UFO phenomenon, like, sort of it being among, like, the hobbies of the of the ultra wealthy. And that's sort of what this book for a little while, at least, uh, plays into. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the most important things that she does in American cosmic is confirm the concept of there being an invisible college of, um, sort of elite or at least elitely funded scientists who are conducting, um, independent research on UFOs, um, let's say reclaimed, um, artifacts that are intertwined in the phenomena, which we'll talk a little Mm -hmm. bit more about. Um, but this is something that is 
This idea was popularized by Jacques Vallée, who, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about a bunch, who was involved with um, Stanford Research Institute um, yeah. and was a, you know, he's, he's tied into remote viewing research out of SRI. Early, early internet stuff, too, ARPANET, mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. And he shows up in the beginning of the book, too. Yeah. And um, um, I think he's the one who popularized this terminology of there being an invisible college. Right. Um, but I guess this that concept itself dates all the way back to, like, Francis Bacon talked about mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, yeah. Where you couldn't pursue certain sciences without persecution. Mm. Um, and this is, this, this is, like, the thing it's kind of relative to what we were talking about with archaeology um, in one of the more recent episodes too, where if you pursue certain concepts that are outside of the trajectory of your said field, um, then you're going to get scrutinized for it. And that would be the cause for an invisible college. Um, But then there's also like, the super clandestine elements of it. There's the secrecy surrounding it, both private and government. Yeah. I, yeah. Something that I, that struck me from this, uh, is I guess something I already knew sort of, but like the extent to which the interest in UFOs has shifted from the public in quotes, you know, to the private sector. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the, like, according to this book, at least, and, Another thing is like, is this book, is this like a propaganda book? Like who's, you know, it's like, there's some sketchiness about it. I don't know why. Although I still think it's like, an, I think it's an earnest book by an earnest person, but it does yeah. feel like there might've been some sort of uh, weird mind games going on, but. She implies that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's funny when I was driving home today and I just remembered this too, I actually th- saw like something strange in the sky um yeah it uh, i don't really know what it was because like i was kind of looking up and trying not to crash but it was it looked like the shape of like a wishbone um with like a black head on it um but it you know like almost like the uh the fusel burns of like when a jet is 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 um doing that like high level propulsion but it was it was completely stationary and i couldn't really make out what it was um but then afterwards saw like the stream of a jet flying in the same direction Mm. it's also a full moon there was like a huge moon driving home tonight i saw that things are things are just like peeling apart (laughs) the world's just i don't know reality um and doge is close to uh four cents right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so i mean we both have a few bucks in there i guess and sh- you have more a few than me, shekels in the meme yeah. <laughs> the meme economy i like uh, i like uh at least watching it it's just kind of yeah i don't yeah <laughs> yeah but the whole that whole the past few days we're recording this what the 28th i guess so all of that shit has been absolutely wild um and it kind of weirdly does tie into this all the absolutely yep all the like crypto stuff like weird money stuff going on um i i I mean for me like um 
Diana Pasolka in American Cosmic talks a lot about um, Jung's short book on UFOs and yeah. UFOs being uh, like a technological angel, you know, right. like an un, un um, sort of like a, a symbolic totem that can't be understood and and serves as like a a beacon for a new technological religion. But then um, there's a lot of the synchronicity stuff as well. And I think it's funny because she, she does talk a bit about the magic of um, like real manifestation occurring through the internet. And, and that's Mm -hmm. like, especially what we're seeing in the past couple days of like the, the the conjuring of memes into like the market into the halls of congress right you know this this new like manifestate like actualization and manifestation like um expounding tulpas into fucking wall street (laughs) i mean it's kind of like what you have to expect when you when like the entire more or less the entire world has been pushed to live their lives on the internet mm-hmm. and so like we're starting to like I, like i mean it's it's for, it does remind me a lot of that old anime uh serial experiments lane i don't know if you've seen that one but no. that's like a and for some reason it's very popular with like alt-right people so i don't really know what's up with that but it's just like a really interesting almost not pre-internet but like pre the internet we have now like meditation on like these realities uh, like the digital and the real reality blending together and there's actually some weird ufo stuff in that in that too like area 51 majestic 12 stuff it's like a very interesting little show Mm. um but yeah it it feels like our worlds are i don't know we're entering some kind of like dream state it's not a not a good dream either yeah um, um all this about a fucking meme currency but yeah yeah well the i mean the gamestop thing is is funny and everybody knows about that now so yeah i don't really think we need to divulge that too much but the 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 utter emptiness of dogecoin is pretty fucking funny because there was nothing there to begin with it wasn't right. even a legit like technology it's just like a joke it was just just started as a joke you know and i mean yeah people have put like thousands of dollars into it yeah uh and are making thousands of dollars back right (laughs) Right. now at least yeah Yeah, i mean i and i guess that's sort of it's just like the old like the ultimate realization of what the stock market is like Mm -hmm. without all of the like yeah the legitimizing elements yeah, it's pretty funny like a a stock is like Schrodinger's cat where it's like it both is a business and it isn't, you know? Right, yeah. Because like by all measures GameStop uh, GameStop like should go under, but like now that they have this Reddit movement of investors, like it it changes like the trajectory of an actual brick and mortar business. And then I mean yeah. in the first place like shorting them does the same thing you know so mm. it, i guess it was kind of the same um stocks were the same represent had the same representational issues in the first right. place before the redditors came in but yeah there's a lot of yeah, yeah it's <laughs> i mean yeah 
I don't know. I don't know anything about the stock market other than what I've learned by just playing around with it a little bit through these uh, retail trading apps. Mm-hmm. Um, but You're robbing the hood. Uh, yuck, yeah. But anyway, I mean... I'm going to get a TikTok and get financial advice from some like 17-year-old right. hype beast. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's all... Everything's like peeling apart like i'm saying um so let's let's get back to american right. cosmic for a second or for the um, whole for the yeah. rest of the podcast and then we'll keep <laughs> right. splintering back into Maybe, yeah. other bullshit um something I, I really like about it is i mean it's really it's kind of novelistic she does go into like these discursive like uh where she talks about but like it has like a narrative to it and like it kind of comes but like it comes back to um like the earliest part of the book, which is going to this alleged crash site with this person. Like this, I guess they're both pseudonym, like pseudonyms, right? Mm-hmm. J- James and Tyler. Yeah. Well, let's um, illustrate. Like, so first off, the book. So this is a tenured professor of religion decided mm-hmm. to write a book about UFOs. This is right. the culmination of five years of researching this topic, working with prominent people like Jacques Vallée and then also getting put in touch with a lot of high level people in Silicon Valley where which is also where she grew up um so she works with two people mainly um who use the pseudonyms Tyler and James or she uses yeah. them for them um And Tyler is this guy who can like Uber a jet. Um, Right. He's like a, I mean, he, what, he worked for like NASA programs, right? And like private aerospace stuff. Um, Yeah. And he, so interestingly, I mean, this is like this guy who's like, she's describing him as, as some like sentinel, basically like, showing up in like armani suits he can't he refuses to like eat in the hotel that she's staying in they have to like go to like right. the ritz he doesn't or whatever drink yeah he doesn't drink coffee or or anything and he like he has these contact experiences i guess right yeah, yeah. he he um he had some he like theorized for some experiment which came to him in a dream and yeah. that's sort of how he got working in like government programs and when he describes like being in this one program working on with with like intelligence phenomena, um, mm-hmm. he he describes working next to like a room which is sealed off concrete right. and metal beneath the concrete, and he's saying yeah. that it's like emitting a beacon of frequency. Yeah, it's like it it reminds me of something from like Twin Peaks: The Return, you know, like totally. And he also describes how um, compartmentalized it is, which is something that you always hear about sort of the back mm. engineering stuff. Like right. everything you've, you've heard about like Groom Lake and stuff is that it's completely compartmentalized where your superior doesn't even know your specific role in the process. Right. Yeah. That stuff is like, yeah, I've always been fascinated with that. Like, but I mean, that's what Lazar described too. Totally. And she gets into like the Philip Corzo stuff a little bit too, the day after Roswell book. And like, Mm -hmm. 
his sort of claims that he was sort of the one in charge of seeding this this technology back to the private sector, claiming it was uh, Japanese or uh, Russian technology or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, I mean, and a lot of the book is sort of about, like, it's kind of like a continuation of that myth. Yeah, and she says, so... Um, she also connects with this other scientist, James, who has, um, similar contact experiences where it's that idea where he's being seeded with ideas from an external intelligence, which is something we also spoke a bit about with like Buckminster Fuller right? and, you know, a bunch of people who made scientific breakthroughs apparently had this external intelligence, like seeding them with information or you know mm-hmm. inspiration or whatever but um so yeah the guy tyler is like i can take you to a crash site in yeah. new mexico in a no fly zone right and she has to be blindfolded and driven yeah. there and she's like i can't that's like outside of my comfort zone so she asks if she can bring somebody else and she brings this other scientist, James. Right. And um, this is, I mean, this is really interesting because it's implying that there was a bunch of crash sites in New Mexico, which is something I've heard before. Right. And they, the government comes in and like litters the place. Like they can't collect all of the debris, so they just litter it with tin cans. Mm-hmm. And they go there with these like special metal detectors. And I guess, the, I mean, you know, according to the book, they end up finding this artifact that i guess it comes back into play later in the book but just like this unexplainable piece of metal Um, well it's crazy because i don't know why she doesn't describe it in in the book but then listening to her on a podcast interview today um she described the object um as being metallic, like metallic frog skin. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's crazy. Threaded, like with small, intense thread. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and that sounds a lot like what they claimed to have found at Roswell um, mm-hmm. originally. Yeah. This like ultra kind of elastic metal. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, one thing I love too is that the the guy Tyler told her that he knows the language of the phenomena, right? And he's and he says that um, we are actually communicating with them. Um, you you know when like how SETI receives like frequencies and stuff, right? And it's like we're receiving a radio frequency from blah blah blah. Well, he's mm-hmm. implying that like certain departments can actually like decode those frequencies and are using it to like communicate it almost feels a lot like uh the whole sort of for lack of a better term and i know we've talked about it a lot like the hellier phenomenon of like you're communicating with it by sort of acting it out and following the the synchronicities or whatever this book sort of feels like its own little sort of microcosm of that um like this kind of weird quest that ends up taking this shape Mm mm-hmm and that might be part of the message um, because it does sort of, it's sort of another book that sort of circles around 
Catholic religion that we're covering. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, there's definitely a little bit of like psyopy vibes. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It sucks Psy-op-y. to always go there, but it kind of feels like, I mean, who is she everywhere. being fucked with? And she, she like also, like I mentioned before, she kind of feels that way. And she's like, was this, were, were these artifacts planted for me to find? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I think anything in the UFO world, there's like a higher than 50% chance you're being fucked with. Right. Um, yeah. Which just sort of a side note, my, one of my friends, um, mentioned to me that before that whole like ufo sighting that became like the basis for the to the stars academy mm-hmm. blink 182 played on the same aircraft carrier that yeah. later it's, like it's crazy um so credit to to liam for for sending me that that like was that's crazy like yeah it's super weird and he where did where did like tom see his uh because he talks about having a UFO experience, like right. I don't know. I can't really stand to look into all that stuff too much. It's like weird and frustrating. Um, oh, dude, do you remember the part in Cosmic Two where she's talking about how this guy Tyler has secret cameras everywhere recording everything? Yes. So anytime yeah. you talk to this guy, he has like a secret camera on him. That's it's fucking damn man. So it's yeah. so weird. It's, I don't. I mean. That's just like those rich, weird science tech people. Just like, it seems like some extreme overreach of, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's probably just where we're headed. Everything's always recorded. What a nightmare. (laughs) Well, it's really funny because like, you know, in the lore of ufology, there's always this fear of government officials, government officials like following you, government, like, Right, like some sort of like gang stalking shit from like government. I I mean, like it seems like the real fear should, and a lot of people probably already hold it, is in like mm-hmm. private <laughs> interests. You know, like totally. And I I think that's where it is. <laughs> this this network yeah. of like private, um, privately funded research and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what, like. Yeah, it's just another, you know, the whole thing has become like kind of corporatized, even like the, um, like the sort of citizen investigation people are like selling people's stories to the History Channel and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing is just this kind of somewhere between like a scam economy and like a, yeah, like a psyop. It's like somewhere in this, like, and then of course there's like the, 5% 5% of it that's just like earnest people having crazy experiences, probably more than 5%. That's skeptical of me, but yeah. Do you know what this book reminded me a lot of? Have you ever read, um, William Gibson's blue ant trilogy? Um, it starts no. with, um, pattern recognition, which I think right. is from like 2005 or something. Right. I, I have not read those. I have, been they've been recommended to me several times though and i liked uh i like gibson like i read maybe two of his books um yeah these are i really like this series it's three books um they're all sort of 
loosely related, but it it um is set in contemporary times, and yeah. they kind of deal with this the um clandestine interests of like private players you know is that the one is one of those books where like this person like has allergic reactions to fashion yeah that's pattern recognition the first yeah. book uh, someone that, was telling me about that a few years ago it's excellent excellent yeah. book but um there so the you know people probably know william gibson for neuromancer and the right. crazy like cyberpunk shit but this is more like information being swapped on like ipods um yeah <laughs> and trying to track down somebody who's like uploading mysterious videos onto like a foot fetish blog because like this billionaire is like interested in marketing it right so the plots are like really interesting but it, it gets into like the uh the spookiness of these like massive private players and the overreach um, mm. in like hi hiring like weird private um, security and stuff like that. They're all right. really, really cool. And I don't know, this kind of reminded me of like being uh, a sort of real version of that where she mm. started to cross over into this field. And I think people took her seriously because of her place in academia Right. So started to like give, you know, little uh, little drop drop some breadcrumbs and whatnot. Mm. But I don't know the idea about this crash site and stuff is just so intriguing. Like, is is it just sitting there or? Right, and like they say that that's where like one of those episodes of the X Files was filmed. Mm -hmm. Like they throw all these weird tidbits out about it, but that like only certain people know where it is. person story she'll kind of rein it back into like uh talking about ufos as a religion of technology like that's kind of like i guess the thesis of the book but it is really yeah it's really interesting yeah and i it, it's weird because i feel like she could have wrote an entire book about these two guys right. and i feel like she's holding back on a lot oh, of yeah. stuff I think she definitely is. I would love to see like what this book was cut out of, like what the whole thing looked like. But I guess a lot of it was probably private information. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I think she talked about her publisher, like holding yeah. back, like uh, gatekeeping a lot of the info too. Right. But she, it's, yeah. it's like, I want to know what, how big is the crash site? Like, how big are the yeah. pieces that are recovered? Because she talks about, like, they take some of the fragments and, like, put them in their bags and they're yeah. afraid to, like, fly with them. It's really strange, you know? Like, how it can is. you just go there 
and take these these fragments away. I know. Yeah, it's a it's a really strange book. Um, it's a, this isn't. I feel like this is a really important book, though. Um, if if you've been into ufology stuff, um, some of the concepts might feel rehashed because right. there's a lot of stuff about the media infrastructure informing our perception of ufology, which is super interesting. But, you know, like I mentioned, if you've been exposed to a bunch of stuff about ufology, you're probably familiar with these ideas and stuff. And also yeah. like Jung's concepts about the UFO. Um, but at the same time, like if you're just like a little bit into ufology or, you know, even just interested in the shit we're talking about, you know, I, regardless, I think it's like, it's definitely an important book to check out for this subject. Yeah, I think it, it has that, uh, that, that like Jungian tone that a lot of, uh, recent books have about UFOs. Um, and she especially uses this idea of what did he call it? Uh, amplificatory, amplificatory interpretation where sort of the, the phenomenon feeds back into itself mm -hmm. and like sort of takes on a life of its own because of its representation in, in media and, and that sort of thing. That's sort of a, a backbone of, of this book, but there's a lot of room for, uh, you know, expansion of, of what it, of what the phenomenon is. She doesn't make any conclusions. Um, there's also that she talks a lot about that concept of, um, the synchronicity element and the manifesting phenomena element reified by like non-locality mm. in quantum physics. Right. She does get into that, uh, which is interesting because I kind of thought that I'd sort of passed out of out of vogue in this, but it's still yeah. The non-locality thing. Yeah, the whole quantum explanation for stuff. I, for some reason, I just thought I'd seen less people talking about it as like a. But I, I mean, it's still yeah, it helps. I think people are just explain it. like bored of that right. explanation. It still right. plays like, you know, I, I it's funny like I remember. It, in this book, reading spooky action at a distance, and I had a flashback to uh, right. our Jessup episode. <laughs> it's like yeah, episode yeah. two or something. Yeah. But it's always there. I mean, the problem is, I think we're so we're still so young in uh, quantum physics that yeah, you know, we we get bored of stuff so easily that explanation right. gets kind of floated for everything as well. But it's still there. Right. Oh boy, yeah. Doge just took a huge dip. Oh it, no! Well, it was up like crazy. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was like four and a half. Whoa! Now it's back down to three seventy nine. <laughs> this is gonna be the, the weird episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, this but, is pretty fucking wild. Yeah. What else? I mean, so something else I was something that I really personally liked in the book was this whole section about this thing called like the book encounter, which is sort of tied into the 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 library the synchronicity angel. stuff yeah the library angel uh, okay. where like people will just like have this book come into their life and it will sort of change the course of it it's not just something that happens in the paranormal of course but like she talks pretty much every single person in this book that she mentions has one of those mm -hmm. for that guy tyler i think it was i think it was a carl sagan book mm -hmm. 
And for the guy James, I think it was the John Mack uh, abduction book. And it kind of goes on and on. And that's something I've certainly experienced uh, several times. But, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a really, I mean, she does sort of have a skeptical look at synchronicity then, which I actually liked. I liked how she kind of said, you know, you can't, or she interviewed someone and she agreed with this person that like, if you follow it, like, and just like almost religiously, it'll take you like, who knows where, like, it's better to look at synchronicities as the way the world should work, as opposed to like these hugely meaningful things that are going to like guide you on your right path. Cause there is no like right path, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was it was really interesting too um, when she's talking about how the differentiate the the differentiation between the actual phenomena and like scientifically researching the phenomena mm-hmm. and then the ideas about the phenomena that are propagated in media and then how our perception of the phenomena is shaped by media. Yeah. Um, it it's just it gets your brain going about how different um the t- the tangible elements of the phenomena might be for people than what is shown in fucking tv shows or movies you know right yeah i mean cuz even she talks about how jacques vallee was um jacques vallee was a consultant on um close encounters the spielberg right. film and he he made a lot of suggestions to Steven Spielberg about making um, the representation of the phenomena be more abstract and subjective. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg was like, well, I can't do that because I'm making a fucking Hollywood movie, you know? Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen, like, uh, the, like, prototype for E.T.? Like, that picture was going around a few years ago, and it was, like, horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. that always reminds me of, like, how different our culture would be. I mean, if only in, like, a tiny bit. Like, if E.T. was, like, this sort of more traditional gray alien. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty terrifying. I mean, did you have you ever seen the uh, Turkish E.T.? I don't know. I don't think so. It's like, there. There's if you look up Turkish E.T. on YouTube, there's a scene that's just, like, the first scene that pops up is probably like utterly terrifying. <laughs> the, the sound is like really yeah. alarming and E.T. is just like really scary looking. Like he's got a really little face on a big ass head. Uh, yeah, it's pretty tight. That does kind of ring a bell. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, so the book, the middle of the book, it does drag a little bit and it's maybe just because I've, I think we both already read so much like ufology stuff that not, I mean, some of it was interesting, but most of it was kind of like, I already kind of know what the deal is, but yeah, it does. It kind of, in the end, there's this weird sort of, I don't, and I don't really know why the, why it's in the book or like what, or I mean, I guess because it happened, but like this, this Tyler guy, he has this sort of (laughs) conversion experience. Yeah. That part, I don't understand what, like, that's where it's, like, really psyopy. It's, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Right. He, like, converts basically to, like, Catholicism, right? Or, like, yeah. at least he, like, decides to, like, become this philanthropist. It's just, it's very strange. Um, yeah. 
and maybe just like that's how the how it played out but yeah it could be <laughs> i think it's inter- one of the parts that i one of the main takeaways for me was um apart from those two main characters she's dealing with is um how much she talks about how much perception management is a part of the cover up right you know like yeah. um how much interest of that is actually fueled by the cover up and not just like you know fluid happening and i also think like in hearing people run with this book which is probably more the case than is actually told in the book but like the whole exopolitics concept mm-hmm. Is, is really like saying that if extraterrestrials or this galactic federation as that Israeli defense um, right. guy <laughs> mentioned, like if that really does exist, then they have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. So they're actively a part of shaping the right. perception management. Yeah, I mean, it would be, I feel like that's something that even though it's so obvious, people don't often consider that like, Maybe the government isn't actually like really hiding anything about this. It's just like aliens are like very minutely keeping <laughs> keeping our understanding of them at a certain level. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder what people listening to this think. Um, we actually like believe about this because I mean, like mm-hmm. to me, it's all abstracts. Like, I'm super interested in all of it, but I've never had any like direct experience right. with it. So. I mean, I don't know either, you know, like right. I, I go back and forth. I think it's one of those things where the more, you know, the less, you know, it's just one of those traje- tra- trajectories in terms of like the knowledge, like, cause it's just so unknowable. And mm-hmm. so my opinion is that something is happening and to some degree it is what people call paranormal. Yeah. I used to think like, oh, they're aliens and that's what they are. Or like if they're not aliens or some sort of like other entity, like, but now I just like, it's very, you know, it depends on the day. Um, I tend to radiate around the, the Jungian um, kind of blanket um, analysis of it but i feel like if you had a direct experience with it you'd probably feel differently and she talks a bit about the uh that famous religious um experience of the saint Teresa, the right. ecstasy yeah. of Teresa. that like angel sort of character or like that angel being yeah there's the famous baroque um statue of it in some basilica where she's like uh, being stabbed with the rod right. by the angel. The Ber- is that Bernini, I think. Mm-hmm. Sounds, yeah. sounds right. Um, it is definitely B, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a while since I brushed up on that <laughs> yeah. era of art history, but, um, anyway, I guess like the, her actual account of it or the account of it in, um, religious text is, very different and and almost more like a medical examination what we would what would be more akin to uh right like tra- like what we know as contact experiences yeah. and it was like a very small angel <laughs> almost like describing a small gray right yeah that part was really interesting i mean and i, I like that she brought that 
that kind of classic slash religion scholar aspect to it, which I know it's been done before, but I feel like, yeah. I mean, the book really reminded me a lot of the stuff that uh, Jeffrey Kripal does. And she talks um, about Kripal, too. Yeah. And and she mentions him, yeah. Um, which one of his books might be a good read for one of our shows. I mean, it's similar territory, so we might have to wait a little while, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like this it's kind of like in vogue right now um or maybe like the last few years i'm not sure what the current sort of trend in ufology is i guess it's like there's a lot of people just like kind of hoping for disclosure Mm -hmm. uh, which is never going to happen in my opinion but yeah i mean uh, it just feel it feels to me like i don't know what I don't know. What what do I know? Like, it's just, it's our perception of something so abstract. Like, and there's such a tradition of secrecy that it's like, we don't really have any fucking clue. No, nobody really seems to know anything. In my opinion, it seems like research on the whole thing, whether it be from the DOD, the Navy, or, um, you know, the Air Force. And then there's like the all this private research of this supposed invisible college, it all seems so fragmented right. that like disclosure is just going to be a fucking like mess. Of, right. Like of everything unsorted else. Unsorted information. Yeah. Right. The, the way they've handled like anything. I just, I've, yeah, I've lost faith in that. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, they could be like, oh yeah, we've been in contact with a, a galactic federation this whole time. I mean, maybe who knows? Um, I'm yeah. starting one one thing that's interesting lately though is the new shifts in how we're perceiving disclosure and um I think like the idea of the alien threat like the defense mm. aspects of disclosure Yeah no like, they have been they've been kind of pumping that up a little bit lately Yeah and the public um the public disclosure of investigation by the U.S. military and stuff hmm. is, you know, they're telling us that it's from a defense uh, angle where they're like, this right. could potentially be a threat, you know, to our airspace or whatever. And it's interesting because that's, that's where they were at in like the 40s and 50s, like yeah. looking at it from a defense perspective. And now like we're kind of back there again. Um yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I'm pretty well convinced that like any any UFO stuff is always going to be there's going to be a little bit of propaganda in it, or a lot. And any propaganda, like any newly invigorated era of propaganda, is going to have some UFO stuff in it because it's just so like useful uh, in so many different ways. I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe. Anyway, yeah, this is a great a great book to to check out if if you're interested in where this stuff has been headed the last two decades or so. Um, it's interesting too how um, the private shift in investigating you, or at least seemingly like the private shift in investigating uh, UFO related phenomena 
And then also like the privatization of aerospace stuff with space, right. like the NASA handing over the torch to like SpaceX and. Yeah, it is. I mean, it makes me feel crazy to think that like Grimes might know anything more about UFOs than, than us, just like a random indie musician who like, but it's just like, um, yeah, like you do wonder like what these sort of ultra wealthy uh, tech people really do know. I mean, yeah, it's like you I've... get mixed messages in this book. Like it seems like this guy Tyler knows like a whole bunch about the phenomenon, but like by the end, like you're not really sure he actually like he's done, he has put all this money into research, but you don't really know if he knows what's really happening any more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, like really. And if, if there is like this permeation of like an invisible college going on out there, um, you'd have to assume that like Elon Musk is somewhat privy of this stuff. I would think so. And same with like Amazon people and all these other wealthies. Um, And maybe that's a good way to pivot into talking about the other kind of research we did for this week. Um, Yeah. Well, we're at um, 48 minutes here. Should we bump, bump over to Patreon to talk about uh, paranormal storage wars? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, if you want to check out our next sick dramatic sounds yeah. for that. <laughs> want to uh, check out our Patreon, uh please do. We'll have a bit more connected info up there. Conversation about your favorite haunted farm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll also do some talk about uh our entertainment dive into a recent cult oh yeah yeah um but definitely american cosmic i think a lot of people are recognizing that this was a pretty important one and a new look on ufology because this really made the rounds like this was on fucking she she was a guest on like seemingly every paranormal podcast when this came out right yeah it did feel like an important moment kind of book Um, Mm -hmm. really yeah really interesting and Uh, i mean i think because she seemed legitimately embraced which a lot of ufo researchers aren't like they're completely shunned and ridiculed where it you know from at least the story in her book it seems like she was legitimately embraced by people researching this you know yeah probably because she was an outsider right i I really want to know who these two tyler and james are i kind of tried to like google it and nothing no no luck but i'm sure somebody's figured it out i mean there's some pretty identifying stuff mentioned in the book i'm i'm interested what happened with this shit that was recovered from the crash like what kind of tests were done on it what's the analysis yeah <laughs> crazy i don't know um cool well uh hopefully some more internets and all c- internets interviews hopefully all kinds of more. stuff yeah god i said some more internets i'm gonna have to take a long <laughs> hard look at myself uh, <laughs> some more interviews coming up for you soon on consensus on reality and 
Everybody More episodes like this. Get get some Dogecoin in your wallet. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, check out our Patreon. We have some special. We've been talking about the merch. Oh yeah, for the like merch is coming up soon. forever. But we actually sent it to the press. Yeah, and um, it's about to be done, and we're really excited about that. So that'll be up soon. Um, yeah, we're planning some really interesting topics coming up um well hopefully i have mike back on soon sometime too yeah maybe he can he can hop on the uh twyman one with us although maybe he it'd be hard for him to get that book maybe there's a pdf of it if if i can find one i'll send it to him yeah because it's it was like 40 dollars. but i'm again i'm like really really excited about that one yeah that's a great book um cool yeah uh Jump on over to the Patreon to hear the rest of this conversation, I guess. Paranormal storage wars. (laughs) All right.